0: Dr. Jessup had studied the Philadelphia experiment and told associates that he had been hired to continue the research in 1959. On his way to another professor's house with his manuscript on instantaneous displacement, Jessup allegedly committed suicide by stopping along a road and inhaling carbon monoxide from his car. Jessup had apparently corresponded heavily with Carlos Allende in preparing the manuscript. Are you afraid for your life? I asked. Always, he said. I am perpetually in hiding, foremost from communist sources. One thing I will say about Jessup is that he did not commit suicide. Since this is my final statement, I will tell you that I met him about two years after his supposed death. We talked all night long. He had killed the man who was sent to kill him and had taken the man's identification. That's why there was no autopsy. Is Iindi afraid of the U.S. government? No, not at all. They have given me some of the best protection I have ever seen. They have guarded my life. The United States has done a wonderful job, and I compliment them for such beautiful protection all this time. You see, my dream is the same as NASA's. My dream is for the United States to travel to the stars. If we build starships using Einstein's theory, we will never be short of natural resources like aluminum or copper or iron. We will regain our number one position in the world. But right now, there are only four men in the United States who understand the unified field theory. I am one of them, but I am not a scientist. My knowledge is from experience and from time with Einstein. He taught me what he could and made me understand. We can have starships and need them for defense. Imagine them out in space beyond the moon. Russia launches a nuclear attack. The starships could return with laser cannons blasting, capable of incinerating every major city in the USSR. It is reasonable. We could have a fleet of starships unrivaled in the world, starships capable of protecting America from a surprise attack. Carlos said that he feels comfortable in Greeley as we visited some of his favorite sites. These are his friends. People wave and smile at the bright-minded, colorful old man. He talks to strangers, too. He winks at college girls and flirts with beautiful women. Anyone who has met Carlos seems to remember the friendly disheveled, outgoing man. He speaks in various accents and languages. His Spanish is refined and intelligent. Few of these people know that Carlos Allende, legally born Carl Allen in Kensington, Pennsylvania, is a famous mystery to readers and authors all over the world. I have been to Greeley off and on now for over thirty years. It is one of my favorite cities in the world, he said, People are close to the land, and the town is filled with farmers, people whom I enjoy. Farmers are my own people. Although I have sailed the world, I am a farm boy at heart, and always have been. But also, Greeley is quiet, and the rent is reasonable, he said. Jim Fraser." We close this chapter with a note from Editor Andrew Colvin. The enigmatic Carlos Allende left behind a legacy of intrigue after being denied benefits by the U.S. military. But does this make his claims less valid? The father of the editor, Andrew Colvin Sr., was stationed at the Norfolk Naval Yard at the time of the Philadelphia Experiment, and, like Allende, may have witnessed the experiment. Colvin's mysterious death while working for a naval defense contractor in the Ohio Valley led the editor to eventually make inquiries of other workers at these plants, where he found that many had repeatedly seen men running, catching on fire, and disappearing, particularly on the ground of the DuPont facility in Bell, West Virginia. Despite all of the hoopla weaved around the Philadelphia experiment by our more slippery researchers, William Moore Tim Beckley, Al Bielek, James Wolfe, John C. Sherwood, Preston Nichols, John Titer, Andrew Basaggio, Seward Swerdlow, David Icky, etc. The essential nuggets provided by Allende seem to retain their validity.